versus public. You know what I mean? I think that's like a, that's something that's talked about in every sport, foot, football, basketball, water polo now. Um, it's probably been talked about in football and basketball for a lot longer than water polo, but. Well, and I mean, obviously, when you have a kid who kind of comes in from Connecticut and is that talented, I mean, that's a game changer for sure, you know. And he, uh, CDM and Newport Harbor don't traditionally uh, get players like that from outside the area. I believe he had a goalie uh, from Serbia a number of years back, but. Uh, yeah, Mar- Martin Bobovich. <laughs> he right. played. He played for me at Concordia. Okay, but I guess he was a. Barry says he was a foreign exchange player, so that was uh, student, so that was kind of a different scenario, also. But um, yeah, I think it's an interesting discussion, and I think it's one that's not going away, especially when you consider the winning streak that Harvard Westlake is on, and even the winning streak that Modern Day had um, a couple of years prior, which I believe was what was eighty something games in a row. Um, so. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see these private schools um, kind of uh, rise up. And, you know, CDM and Newport have been doing this since really the 50s and the 60s. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting time. And I would just say it's an interesting time in high school water polo right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, uh, like, answering or giving your opinion because I think a lot of people want to hear, you know, not just what you think, but also what Dan thinks and, and other writers from the outside looking in, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that, I think, I think CDM and Newport, if, you know, uh, with, when they have some stability in their program, which I think they hope to now, but I think Coach O'Day um, takes an approach that a lot of public schools um, will take. They're take. They're doing what they can do, which is uh, Barry will ch- and, and Cone Del Mar champion uh, their program, and they're going to try to promote their program the best they can and keep the players that they do have um, and, and that are in their area. And that's about all they can do. Um, they they play a great schedule. They uh, they uh, promote it and uh, try to keep the players uh, that they can they can keep. And when you have when you ha- and, and, and Barry's been there a long time. He's a very stable program you know when you had a program like Newport Harbor you know you, when you've had so much coaching change a lot of that turmoil that it that has fed uh, a lot of the, the player movement a tremendous amount of uh, movement of top players and um, you know and, and when you have that kind of upheaval um, that, that that helps to start it's not completely all the reasons because kids are going to transfer and parents and families are going to transfer. They've always transferred. Um, but you, you have you know, the, what the public schools need to do, uh, the proud ones that are interested, in, you know, and, and they have to compete against these other, uh, some of their private schools, you, you have to uh, shore up as many cracks as you can. And uh, I think CDM has taken the right approach uh, with uh, the pride that they're you know, trying to show in their program. I think it's increased over the years and, and getting stronger all the time. And uh, that's, what, that's what they need to do and try to keep all their – homegrown kids as much as they can and uh, Newport Harbor they, if they can have some stability they have a young coach and they have some stability and build it uh, they'll, they'll rise again and uh, so they've, they've done it before and I, I think there's there's enough talent I think uh, around that uh, if they keep their 
to keep their kids, uh, they can compete. Yeah, I, th- I think that they're good stuff is happening over there, and they had a 14 and under team this past summer in JOs uh, that was very talented. I think they ended up getting third or fourth um, in that division, where um, obviously when you go to JOs, a lot of the top teams can draw players from all over. So, um, it, you know, it's kind of building the formation, and I think that they're doing it. And uh, I know that CDM very likes to talk about they have 80-plus kids in the program also. So, um, yeah, I think I think both of those back bay programs are doing well, and uh, it, it's uh, I, don't, I don't I don't want to give the impression that they're kind of on the decline, um, but it's just when you have these private school programs that are this dominant, uh, it kind of lends itself to some good discussion, I think. So, and I think that's good for the sport, to be honest. So. Sure, you know, if you, if you even look at I was going to mention that Saturday game. You know, you have you know Huntington Beach is another example of you've had. Most of those kids um, have come up playing um, in Huntington. You're, you know, most likely coming up through the Vanguard uh, program that's emerged the last few years. Most of those kids are homegrown Vanguard players. Some of them, I, mean, I, I, I definitely, definitely say this respectively, and I, I mean, we know there's some of them coming up through the Huntington Beach program as well. And uh, But, you know, for the most part, the reason we're even talking about Huntington Beach and you know, as a Division One semifinalist last year and in the mix again this year with a lot of young talent, a lot of good juniors on those teams, a lot of kids playing in the ODP program. There's a program that, uh, you know, is you know, built through a powerful club program. Kids, for the most part, uh, stuck together. Now, did some of them, you know, we, we, then you saw some coaching controversy last year. Suddenly uh, a couple players change. You know, uh, there's you know, there's always some of the politics, but those are the kind of things that you know, if you want to hang with the, you know, the the, the, st- the established powers, the private schools, um, you got to try to you know, the public's got to try to avoid that. You know, you can't, you got to try to, you got to you know, firm up those cracks. And they, they lost a couple of very good players. And uh, sometimes when you, it's uh, when you even s- Coach Career can touch on this. I mean, it, it's just a difference of. Uh, it's a big difference if you're talking about one or two all-league players. If you're talking about, hey, just one more extra, if we had just a little bit more extra depth here at two meters to give us, you know, our center a break. If we just had another set defender, that would give us a couple more fouls to play with, and we can play this kind of strategy. I mean, one or two all-league players, that's a big deal. I think think it's six skill players out there. I think it's really an interesting... Uh, like Matt's saying, and like both of you are saying, I think it's a very interesting debate. I think the only thing, and this is obviously coming from a private school perspective, I think the only thing that makes it a little bit um, taking the spotlight off of the private school is when someone transfers from, you know, when I saw the CDM transfer to Newport, I thought that was pretty surprising. You know, I thought that was like, okay, um, you know what what is the what is the motivation behind some of these transfers it can't be um i don't like the coach it can't be uh i don't think my coach is good enough there has to be multiple layers to to those decisions and um you know i i agree that if you can draw people if you can draw from all over the country technically uh, I think that that is 
obviously an advantage, but um, I, I also th see that parents and players, and really more more than anyone else, it's the it's the parents really see or really are chasing this thing of of scholarship and and all these other things that it's it just not very realistic. And I think we all we all know that. Especially in men's water polo, we're talking about four and a half scholarships per team, per institution. Um, you know, those are really difficult numbers to contend with. So, I, I think it's, I, I think you have the same argument up at the NC2A level. You see some kids on the bench uh, at UCLA or USC or Cal or Stanford. Well, maybe not Stanford, but Cal. You know, Cal, UCLA, and USC and you're saying, man, if you just went to Long Beach State or you went to UC Santa Barbara or you know uh, UC UCSD, those teams would be up there as well. Um, but I think it, it, water polo is one of the only sports that sort of eats itself. You know, everybody's out to get theirs, and um, I think that's what sometimes restricts the sport is that the talent isn't spread across. You know. 10 teams and you know i mean that i'm a ben i'm a beneficiary of that at a public and private so i could speak on both i mean i i have play great players at northwood high school as well so um you know i think it's uh it's a very interesting debate that a lot of people want to talk about a lot of people want to hear well that was a, it was an interesting uh move for uh connor turnbow that. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, maybe back and talk a little bit about him I, as, as we wrap up this broad, you know, this podcast, where you don't have many players go across the bay and transfer. But he, you know, I think he's. Uh, but he was already a player that uh, was going down and playing in San Diego for Del Mar. So uh, he was, you know, obviously uh, willing to uh, to think uh, things a little bit differently. And I think he's a rising player. What, was that a surprising move to you? I think he was a, a guy that wasn't uh, heavily on the radar last year, but obviously he's quickly improving. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I was pretty impressed with him um, at JOs. Um, I did get a chance to see that 16-under um, gold medal match against uh, Coach Guerrero, your team, and uh, he, he's kind of a force to deal with, you know. Uh, made some really nice shots um, from the outside in that game, I remember. Um it was surprising to me that he transferred. Um, I didn't find out until uh, Ross told me. Um, when, I believe when I covered the first game of the season against Coronado. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the reasoning was there. Um, I think um, CBM does have a very senior-dominated team this year. So, um, as far as Connor, from a playing perspective, he might um, – have kind of more of a chance to shine on Newport Harbor, which is kind of a younger team that can really use um, his offensive firepower. But, um, yeah, I definitely agree that he is an up-and-coming player, um, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how they um, get him into the mix here um, over the latter part of the season. Yeah. Yeah, the Newport's, you know, going to be an interesting team where they have a lot of young players. I think, you know, Coach Sinclair has been just very committed to them. They seem to be gelling right now. The future looks, as Coach uh, Ross said earlier, the, I think the future looks bright over there at Newport where they can keep these guys together, 
bring them along. Um, we'll see where, where they stack up. Uh, but I know they're not thinking too far ahead because they have a big game coming up on Wednesday. So, well, guys, that was a good uh, good journey debate. It's always good to talk a little well, nothing gets everybody riled up more than transfers <laughs> and uh, private public. You know, uh, we'll uh, we'll get a few emails because of this subject matter, which is. Uh, which I, is I will just so. I will just say one thing, one last thing, and this is not to cause debate. And I, I love you, Matt, but I will just say, you know, two words. Well, actually, yeah, I'll start with two words, which is Luca Capito. You know, going to Newport, and that's what us private school guys are going to say. You know, Newport's benefited from it, and then CDM with the Greek Twins uh, at during the girls' season, they don't they don't go to CDM. CDM does not win that championship for sure. I mean, those two girls are you know started at USC right away, and so I think everyone's benefited at some point, some more than others, or it's just a different time right now. But uh, you know, Long Beach Wilson, you know, I know that they benefited from it. And um, back in the day, and so I mean I think don't want to cause any anybody to say that it's an unfair thing. It's not an unfair advantage. I mean I think everybody's had their ups and downs, you know. Yeah, and I, I mean I think that's a very fair point, and uh, I don't. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like those players didn't make an impact um, at those schools, so. Now, Luca Capito and the Walters playing together, <laughs> that would be a totally different situation. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Luca has, and, and Luca has really come along quickly in the national team um, over the past year or two, so that's been exciting to watch as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, I mean, you can go round and round, I think, a lot of these teams, and a lot, and a lot of the waterfall fans will do that. You can go round and round, the coaches, the players, you can worry about, you know, who's coming and going, um, and it, it's impactful. You know, you even if you keep your head down and you focus and, and try to be the best you can do with your homegrown talent, all of a sudden, you know, you're uh, you're playing the uh, you know four or five side at Newport, and you think you're doing well, and then all of a sudden, you know, Italian kid shows up and takes your spot. <laughs> it's, uh, and it, it, that that happens. People sometimes forget about you know uh, when Luca gets here. He's probably taken somebody's spot for sure, and uh, somebody who's been in the program, working their tails off, trying to get better, trying to uh, get their spot. It's a really competitive situation. Uh, it's, it's tough, and there's lots of different uh, reasons why why everybody moves. But I, I think uh, I think for the most part, everybody's working very hard and um, trying to get better. And and I think the people that are chasing some of the private schools, I think they are. Uh, I think they're they're doing their best. You know, I think there's been some good coaching hires and uh, you know, some people who are, who are really trying to promote their programs, and I, I commend them on that. I think that's um, what that's all you can do. Um, so uh, but I think it's going to be a great week of water polo, um, especially on Wednesday and, and Saturday. There's a lot of hungry teams out there, a lot of hungry players, so I'm looking forward to it. And Guys, talking to you has been great uh, this evening. I can't wait for these matches to come, and I'm looking forward to see you guys out in the pool deck. So. Um, Coach Carrera, I appreciate you jumping on, and of course our special guest, guest uh, Matt Zabo, I, I appreciate you jumping on as well. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Dan, and I will uh, see you at one of these games, and Matt, I'll see you at one of these games this week. 
right, and uh, thank you both, gentlemen. And uh, again, thanks to all the wonderful fans that have stuck with us through our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you join us next week on the Inside Orange County Water Polo Podcast. <laughs>